This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hello, absolutely, everybody out there in the internet. Welcome to Take the Black Live, a very special episode of Take the Black Live. Why is it special? Because for a couple of reasons. First, it is the only show on the internet where we dare to talk about things no one else will discuss, like space lasers, fantasies, <laughs> sci-fi, dragons, books, that kind of thing. And also because we have a special guest today. As usual, you see myself, Dan Stucky, coming at you live from this little closet thing, uh, the editor of WinnersComing.net. <laughs> we also have Daniel Roman, who is the other editor of WinnersComing.net, uh, from you and his home Hello. in New York, New York State, uh, not New York City. because. Yes. No. And then we have a special guest, Oriba Bouvad, who is coming, oh God, I want to say where you're located, but I'm afraid I'm going to get it wrong. Where exactly are you, Ariba? I'm in sunny Arizona. Sunny Arizona. Perfect. So we got (laughs) Pacific time, Central time, and East Coast time all together. And we see you all out there watching us. Julie in Australia. Martha, hello. Christian, hello. It is a truly international show this day and all days on Take the Black Live. And I say this every week, but we have a quite large cornucopia of content to get through (laughs) because everything happened today and in the past few days. To start, you know what? We have so much. I kind of want to dispense with small talk, but we shouldn't. That's very sacred. Ariba, how are you? (laughs) I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here and talk Outlander. What a great segue. And Daniel, are you well? Yes or no, we'll do. I am. Yes. (laughs) I'm kidding. <laughs> the lightning round starting early. I'm well. I'm excited to hear Ariba's thoughts on Outlander. And uh, yeah. and what a great segue to our first topic. I know that um, a lot of our viewers, you guys out there, enjoy Outlander. I know that we don't really cover it a lot because neither Daniel nor I really watch it. But the finale to season six aired on Sunday and Ariba does our Outlander reviews and recaps for winteriscoming.net an internet website and we wanted to have her on so she can talk about it because Ariba, I know that this season of Outlander was um, different. It was shorter than usual because of the pandemic. I know that it got some blowback online. Uh, Do you think that kind of thing was deserved now that you have seen the entire uh, carnival of lights that was Outlander season six? I, I think they did a, like given the circumstances, they did a great job. They did what they needed to do. Sure, it probably was missing key pieces of the story from the book and elsewhere like that maybe didn't make it in. And I think I was reading an interview by one of the executive producers where she said there were certain things they wanted to do. But I mean, given the circumstances of the pandemic and then Mm -hmm. Katrina Belf, who plays Claire Fraser, was pregnant while she was filming, like a lot was going on. So I mean, I thought they did a great job. I, I really, really, I liked it. I didn't think that you know, they did the best they could. I put it that way. Yeah, there's been a lot of TV like that in the past year and change where like you can just sort of tell like when the pandemic they were filming before and then when after just like, yeah. oh, 
look at how many extras yeah. there aren't all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Wheel of Time was like that for episode uh-huh. seven and eight. So yep. did this season of Outlander have a point like that? Or did you feel it was still kind of a consistent viewing experience? You know, it's funny because I didn't notice it until probably the second to last episode and then the finale where there was just, and I think it was meant to sort of exude like this creepy vibe because there was creepy things happening, but there were moments where there was just like no one anywhere. And I'm like, this is weird because you usually see like at least like four or five people like kind of walking around Fraser's Ridge, which is the community they live in. And I'm like, where is everyone? But I mean, it made sense given the scene, but it was still weird because you still see like some stragglers around. And I'm like, oh, this is very weird. That is kind of interesting. Uh, we have some good comments on Outlander from some of our Outlander fans. And Aria, I wonder if you agree with them. Julie loved the last episode. She wasn't enjoying the season as much until the final episode. And Martha liked the end too, especially how Jamie was rescued. Does that jive with you, Ariba? It does. And I think the, and I can see why like maybe the re- the season leading up to the finale maybe wasn't exactly what we always want but it was also they said over and over again that's gonna get dark it's gonna get like it's not gonna be the type of story that you're used to seeing and i mean they have things bad things happen to them all the time but um always always, it's like literally (laughs) all the time um but yeah like i think it just the way season five ended and leading to season six it was it was tough to sort of watch like claire's journey after she was assaulted in the season five finale and that part was hard because she's usually like the the light of the show like she always has something optimistic to look so i think in that sense like it was hard to watch and it did take you out of the story because you're like i don't i mean that's how i feel anyways like it's like i don't like this like i want to see claire back to how she was it's a good question right like when a character has something horrible happen to them and it, it does make sense for them to be in a funk for a while and to just kind of be working through it but also you want to be entertained because it's an entertaining show so like mm-hmm. where do you kind of draw the line on how do you negotiate it do, do you think the show did that well like kind of found a line to walk or was it too yeah. far on one side or the other i think it took a little while to get there i think we didn't get to that dramatic like this is this is like true outlander until probably the last couple of episodes um i mean granted there was only a handful to watch anyways but um (laughs) but yeah yeah there were six but like i would say like between episode five and six where you're just like okay like this feels like classic outlander and it did take a little bit longer to get there but I mean, I think the payoff was worth it. I felt like the way the season ended was exactly how past seasons that people have really liked have ended, where it's just like, oh gosh, like, where are we going next? Last season was just like, oh God, like, where are we going next? Like, it was really sad and depressing. That's honestly, that's one of the things that kind of got me off the show a little bit. Um, So I've seen the everything up to the second episode of this season, Mm -hmm. but it feels like they kind of are i don't want to say retreading ground because outlander has always handled like trauma stuff really well Mm -hmm. but at a certain point it feels like someone is always being traumatized on that show Mm -hmm. so do you think they managed to like keep it i i don't want to say keep it fresh that sounds silly like considering (laughs) what we're talking about but like they managed to keep it feeling new despite the fact that they're kind of touching on similar themes yeah um yeah sorry dan go ahead oh no i just i just will say um like I haven't watched the show, but even I know Claire has been kidnapped like at least how many times? I mean, one, two, three, four-ish. Yeah, lose it's, count. it's uh, <laughs> it's a lot. And I, I agree with Nicole. They do use the trauma trope a lot. It like it sort of just resonates through the entire show from the first season, even like right, right now. And I think and I think while that can get really 
as a viewer, it can get, a, it can be a lot, you know, just to constantly watch these characters and just expect that the other shoe is going to drop and we're just waiting for it to happen. Um, I do think it also speaks about the show and the writing and the way they do it does feel very real. And I think that's why it bothers me a lot is because I'm like, gosh, this is like, this isn't just like you're watching a television show and then it's going to end. Like you actually feel their feelings. So I feel like that's also the other side of it is they do use it a lot, but then they do a really good job with it and they bring justice to it. Like you see Claire throughout this season struggling with her PTSD and the way it's done is really well. I mean, it's not great to watch all the time and you want to see something happy happen. And I do think the finale did give us moments of happiness here and there with, um, at least with Brianna, um, Claire and Jamie's daughter and her husband, Roger. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I think think that they do it a lot, but they do do it justice. So we have to give them credit there. Yeah, I mean, it is a very happening popular show for a long time it definitely has a passionate fan base how do you respond Ariba Bhuvat how do you respond to criticisms from the likes of um uh Nicole who thinks that the finale was a bit disappointing because it solved no mysteries and answered zero questions one of those good old cliffhanger finales do you think that holds water I I actually like the way that it ended um I like that we're left wanting more because there's a there's a few things that happened throughout the season where you're like, oh my God, they didn't address it. But I didn't leave the finale thinking like, oh, I wish they would have because sure. I do know that it's coming. And I do know that this season was just shortened and there are things that they probably meant to do and they couldn't. So yeah. I have a little more like leeway and I I get it. And yeah, but there are things where I was like, man, I really wanted to know like who that mystery guy was. I haven't finished reading the book, so I don't know everything that's going to happen later. Uh, so there's things where I'm just like so curious and we didn't get those answers, but I'm okay with it. So I'm fine. I thought they did a good job and they did the best they could and like we said like um i i i know that next season is going to be an extra long season to make up for this one mm-hmm. and not 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 for the pandemic is all the reason this one was shorter or a little different but i mean now the folk are kind of up on how to film during this i imagine mm-hmm. we'll see more of the extras come back and mm-hmm. get some more horses in there and whatever else <laughs> that we're, we're more used to what are you looking forward yeah. to like okay so like what does the show have to do in season seven for you to give like a good checking the boxes on Ariba's wish list for Outlander season seven? Um, Well, I definitely, I mean, we've seen this happen a million times before in this show, but obviously I want to know that like Claire's okay and they're going to reunite because every time they're split apart, I'm like, here we go again. And I hope this isn't going to be like 15 years of separation. So of course, and I'm assuming that will happen. Um, So that's very important. I need to know who, I need to know more about this mystery guy who's apparently a time traveler. Uh, We didn't get much on that besides just hearing him whistle like earlier in the episode or earlier in the season and that was all we got so i really need to know what's happening there and i think book readers do know what that is um and uh i'm really i was left feeling very anxious that brianna and roger have no idea what's happening with their parents so i just like <laughs> really need some like uh, i need some information on that but i you know i trust this show and i trust the writers and i've been watching it for a long time so i think they're gonna do they're gonna do what they need to do and they'll they'll satisfy satisfy all the things I need from it. At least I hope so. <laughs> and yeah, there's no release date yet, but there will be. I Again, I don't- It just started so, filming, I think. Yeah, it did. This is what I want to see as someone who has never watched a single episode before. I want to see Thomas Jefferson, <laughs> Benjamin Franklin, and James <laughs> Madison like um, playing croquet or something. Like, that's 
that's mainly what I and, and, and George Washington refs. That, that that's what I would like. But, um, <laughs> we did get we did get George Washington. Yeah, you can have one of those characters <laughs> or people. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, Nicole. Me and Nicole want to see more Revolutionary War, which yes. I imagine is coming. Yeah, I do. That's the one thing where I'm like, yes. I feel like we've been hearing about it for so long, and and I obviously like things happened and they got prolonged, but I want to finally see this war happen, and I want to see how they like react to it and. And also, yeah, Martha said she was curious about the first scene uh, in the finale. I'm also very curious about that. It was like a, I guess, a flash forward in a 50s diner. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it was really cool. I want to ask Ariba a question about this. So how far have you read in the books? Um, I have read, I believe, through the first. I'm still very behind. So I still have lots to read. So I haven't gotten very far. Okay, then then maybe we can table this. I'm curious. So the... With Brianna and Roger, it's deviated pretty heavily, I guess. Um, yeah, that's what I hear. I, I yeah, I, I don't want to. Yeah, we'll table it. Uh, yeah. they're not in the same place as their parents in the book. Yeah, um, and I and I'm sure like some of the people watching, they always have way more knowledge than I do about this. But <laughs> I do, I do believe that that is the case, and I'm sure uh, someone will tell us. But yeah, I do think that they are not where they're where we see them currently. I mean, you know, book adaptations tend to kind of uh, butterfly out the longer it goes on. I can't keep mm-hmm. things together for so long. Yeah. Any yeah. final thoughts, Reba, on all things Outlander before you move on to discussing what's on your shirt? Oh. <laughs> um, I am. I'm really excited that they're already filming because now that means we don't have to have this horrible long Droughtlander that we went through this last yeah, time. Yeah, that uh, was honestly, rough. It was really rough. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Um, but yeah, I'm just excited to see where the story goes next. I want to see what happens with the war. I want to see if we're going to see more time travel through the stones. I want to see like maybe a change of scenery and maybe go Ooh. back to the future. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just want to see. I want to see those things happen. And I'm excited. I have no idea because I haven't read the book that far, but I'm I'm looking forward to whatever they have in store for us. Would it be wild if they were like in the year like 2789 or something? Yeah, cool. I know. I, I know. Doubt it. But maybe. That would be really we'll wild. See. That would and be season seven. Ariba, <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Touch wood, says Julie. Is is that knock on wood, but Australia? Okay, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Ariba, thanks for coming by. Um, where can folk find you if you're interested on the internet? Um, folk always ask can... that. And I feel like I should too. <laughs> Um, you can find me um, on Twitter. It's at Watch with Reeves. So just watch with and then R-E-E-B-S. And on winteriscoming.net, Reba writes articles often. <laughs> this is so much fun. Thanks for coming by, Reba. Yes. Yeah, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Talk to you later. Yeah. Bye. Thanks so much. All right, everybody. So the reason Ariba's uh, usually, so we had Ariba on before. She is a great writer over on WIC. She didn't want to be in the whole show this time because our next topic is... A non-spoiler, just want to say that, non-spoiler, I'm going to keep to this, review of the upcoming movie motion picture, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which I got to see on Monday at a critic screening in Chicago, which I've never been to one this big before. Like, I've been to a couple, like, critic screenings, but never for, like, a giant movie like this, you know? I felt like Roger Ebert or something or uh, Richard Roper is his kind of sub person. It was fun. And I saw the movie. I saw Dr. Strange in the multiple fans, Dr. Strange two. And I 
could spoil everything for everybody right now if I wanted to, but I'm yeah. not going to. I'm just going to give my impressions um, without giving anything away, just in case you guys are worried. Okay. Okay. So we won't retitle the episode to Dan Dan Spoils Doctor Strange 2. I mean, it might happen, but it won't. It's not going to happen. I'm going to be very responsible. <laughs> okay. So w- how did you feel about the movie? Okay. Overall, I I actually liked it quite a bit. So I if if you want if you've watched us for a while, you know that I um, have a kind of love hate thing going with Marvel. And frankly, mostly it's more like hate boredom um, where I, <laughs> I don't know. I, they, they just kind of worn on me. They never seem different enough. I, I remember seeing Shang-Chi was like, am I done with Marvel? This is just so kind of uninspired to me. Um, so I went in, I went in flame a little trepidatious and I, I'll be honest, like for the first half, I actually was pretty bored. It kind of, okay. it, it, you know, it like, it hit the beats you expect a Marvel movie to hit. And again, no spoilers. This is just, I'm talking about tone and feel, no plot details. Yeah. I mean, you know, Dr. Strange is, there's a fight scene in New York city. Like how often does that happen? And, um, they introduce, a kind of young, ingenue, bright-eyed teenager character, America Chavez. And she's, you know, she's just like a stock character you've seen a lot before, like a chipper sidekick who's sassy comments and like, this is, I, I whatever. Um, okay. So she didn't grab you over much, it sounds like. Not re- She was perfectly fine. Um, no. You, you know who did grab me? And I can tell you the re- when it turned for me, was, it's got to uh, be Elizabeth Olsen. It's, it's Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff, yeah. Scarlet Witch. Okay, this is her movie. Remember, I, no spoilers. No spoil. No, no spoilers. But I mean, okay. we all know she's in it. She's been in the trailers. That's fine. Yes. Like this movie is called it, Doctor Strange in, 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 in the Multiverse of Madness. It should be called Wanda Maximoff rips a hole in everybody's backside, and Dan Selke loves watching <laughs> her do it. <laughs> She, she really kind of <laughs> dominates this movie for me. Like she came in and I was a little like eh, about it. And then there is a point. So, okay. Again, no spoilers. That's our hashtag for this episode, but yeah. she's, she's <laughs> the bad guy and she is a pretty great bad guy. Like last we saw her. And by the way, the movie does, it doesn't require you to have seen WandaVision. But I mean, WandaVision definitely happened and they definitely talked. Well, actually, it it might be worse because honestly, one of my complaints was that they kind of like she's she's quite a bit meaner than she was at the end of WandaVision. And she was fairly mean at the end of WandaVision. Like she, you know, in that in that series, she she was sympathetic overall. They kind of ramp up the um, villain sauce that they they, they give her some stuff between now and then. And they have a reason. It's a MacGuffin. It's kind of lame. But the end result of this is Scarlet Witch is on a tear. And um, I thought she was pretty scary. I thought she was very, very effective. I thought she was a credible threat. And the villains in Marvel things, I never really, I don't know. I can't really, except for Thanos, you know, who everybody knows. Um, they don't usually stick out to me. Yeah. Like, they have kind of a bad habit of making villains that are the exact opposite of the hero. Mm-hmm. So they end up being Good point. pretty forgettable because of that. Um, yeah, not yeah, here. So I could see, yeah, not here. Yeah, like she, she she's very unique and she is threatening. Like they have Sam Raimi, who's the director, who's behind Evil Dead. He's behind Drag Me to Hell. He's behind the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. And it's kind of clear like where they let him 
um, like have free reign because things get really intense yeah. and really dark, like as as dark and intense as they could possibly get with this being a PG-13 Marvel movie. Like it's not full okay. um, gore fest or whatever. It, it, it can't be. You can't sell Funkos with that. But it still turns up the heat quite a lot. And Wanda's behind it. And I just I just and she she added some intensity. And then after the turn, even the scene where she wasn't in, I was scared for the characters. I'm like, oh, God, she's going to get you. You better run. Like sometimes <laughs> like, OK, the first half, I was like, oh, no, it's back going to happen to them. Where's the tension? This popcorn shaped like a puppy and just like getting kind of distracted. Um, but after the turn, I was pretty invested. And there's a lot of creativity that goes into it. Like um, Sam Raimi is just bleeding his brain out onto the film in some fun ways. Like there are some inventive sequences. It's all about the multiverse. They go to other dimensions. That's not a spoiler, I don't think. And they no. come up with some interesting ones. There's one like um, scene where he kind of, they use music notes to fight each other and the music changes as it happens. And it's very, very fun to watch. It's not really like that sounds have cool. to do with the plot, but it's just fun. It's a fun scene. Um, yeah. Th- that'd be my main criticism, I guess, that I liked it while I watched it. The script isn't great. Like America Chavez is sort of a nothing character. And Doctor Strange, like they kind of like crowbar this growth character arc onto him that just, you could tell they just like, we need to have like him feel something, don't we? <laughs> like, let's just shove this in here. That, that, I didn't so really how did that. you, did you like the f- did you like the first Doctor Strange? I barely remember the first Doctor Strange. Um, I know okay. Tilda Swinton was there and she was bald and uh, he was a surgeon. Yes. It was. Yeah, the, he had. The, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think his arc for the first movie was one of the better Marvel like origin story growth arcs that they've done. <sighs> so I'm curious how multiverse stacks up. So it, it sounds like his growth despite being, you know, we know there are multiple versions of him in this movie because we mm-hmm. saw all saw that in the trailers. Yes. But yes, did he feel like a different, did the characters, we'll, we'll even step back a little bit more from spoilers. Did the characters feel different by the end than at the beginning in terms of their growth? No, <laughs> except for the Scarlet okay. Witch, who again, it, it, yeah. it is, the, is to me the reason to see the, 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 the movie. Not yeah. really. Um, it seemed like, an excuse to have these cool set pieces, which I think are worth the price of admission. Like I really enjoyed some yeah. of the the sequences that Sam Raimi put together. I thought they were very neat, very intense, um, very horrific, and very memorable visually. I got full Evil Dead vibes from some of the Wanda scenes. Um, like the That's actual, cool. is this a good narrative? Not really. It's 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 pretty tossed off. Um, but who cares? Okay. It's fun. I had fun. I had fun watching this movie. I was the guy going like, oh, oh, just see that. I didn't say too loud. Um, there's some yeah. funny bits. Bruce Campbell's <laughs> in there, of course. Oh, man. It was fun. Okay. It was good. It's, 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 not, it's not the Citizen Kane of movies or anything. Super movies, but um, it's good. It's good. I give it a good B. It's a solid B movie that um, okay. is a little jolt to the senses. Okay, sweet. Let me let me I ask you, because you just I mentioned the cameo. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for for a Marvel movie, for it to get you to give it a B, I feel like that means it was pretty good. I want to ask you, so with the cameos, and we're let's not talk about who cameos. Marvel's no already spoilers. throwing so many spoilers out there with their trailers that it's like we already know some of them. And then they took um, some down. Oh, I love when that happens. And that, Yeah, it was a whole thing. How did you, so Spider-Man No Way Home came out in Mm -hmm. December. 
that movie surprised me a lot because it wasn't just cameos the the way they worked in the multiversal Mm -hmm. character like they were essential to the plot yes in no way home how did you feel about the cameos in multiverse they're there for fun they're there for a little winking aside this is not no way home this is not there are these um different uh heroes from other franchises who are really part of the movie i by the way i really liked no way home a lot i mean yeah. i complain about marvel but i seem to like what they do no way home is better than <laughs> uh no way home is a better movie than multiple yeah. madness multiple madness i think i had more fun with because it was just because there okay. are just things that just pop so hard that i that i enjoyed yeah uh, but no so yes there are fun cameos in here. You will go like, oh, it's that guy. Oh, I remember him from such and such. But yeah, <laughs> they are pretty much here to just kind of give the audience a fun moment. This is not No Way Home. Gotcha. They're not a huge part of the plot. I mean, they're there. Like, they have scenes. They talk for a minute, but they're not really weaved in. So yeah, they were yeah. fun they were cool. I enjoyed it. And oh my God, there's a great scene where pretty much all the cameo people and Wanda are in the same room and just dot, dot, dot. And things get wild. Um, I thought that, that, okay. that was my favorite bit. Um, but no, this is not No Way Home where it's actually like we've in the narrative. This, this is, this movie is like peaks of intensity with like gotcha. kind of just like thrown hastily at a wall. Whereas No Way Home is more like a carefully written sort of up and down uh, hills and valley thing. And uh, as Nicole says, I can excuse subpar native for great visual effects and fun, which yeah, I can too. I, again, I want to say, I genuinely liked watching this movie. I would see it again if, like, for that bit. It'd be better, even better if I saw something else for an hour and then got into the second half. That'd, that'd be the best of all worlds. <laughs> oh man. So let me ask you then, I feel like this movie has a bit of pressure on it because so far, the main through line for Phase 4 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe seems to be that they are doing a multiverse war type plot line. Like they kind I'm of sure get towed around it in a bunch of their shows. They introduced it in Loki. <laughs> we know Kang the Conqueror is coming back in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, played by Jonathan Majors, who was awesome in Loki. He was really, um, really good, yeah. Do you feel like Multiverse of Madness has changed? And again, keeping the spoilers light sure do you feel like it's no, no changed spoilers. the quota you've been great you've been great with with the no spoilers i think i really have do you too, feel yeah. like the mcu is different now after multiverse of madness no um no uh no <laughs> okay. the answer is no um th- th- this okay uh you know this felt like a marvel movie in some clear ways like that they have this sort of sort of self-contained adventure where it really doesn't, it, it doesn't like move the greater narrative of the thing along, but it does have yeah. like one of those like post credit sequences where it's like, and now the next thing, um, which is, it was straight, okay. straight out of the Marvel playbook, but not in any way that felt, I mean, th- there's things I'm sure they could reference, but no, not really. Nah. Okay. Infinity War felt like a big thing. Fair. Even No Way Home, like, you know, they sew it up at the end. Um, so yeah. no. No, okay. the answer is fair no. enough. But it's a good movie, and I would recommend seeing it. I honestly would. I I I, I had a good time. Awesome. And what else do we go to the movies for if not that? Exactly. So yeah, good job, Sam Raimi. Good job, Benedict Cumberbatch. Go back to oh, like Elizabeth Olsen. Even in the scenes before she went ham, like she was the best one. There's just an intensity about her. Yeah. Oh, I love a good villain. But yeah, she was really really great. It's it's awesome that she. You know, she hasn't really had a movie where she featured as like one of 
two mm-hmm. leads basic we can say she's one of the two leads in this movie i think from the trailers it reminds me a little bit of what thor ragnarok did with how they brought in the planet hulk comics and basically gave hulk his own plot line to yeah. be like a side character of the movie except this sounds like it's even more and it's basically the wanda and dr strange show yes it's the wanda versus dr strange show and i and i enjoyed it i mean Ooh. i remember this better than better than thor ragnarok it was good but okay and, and you know what that, we're not even we're like halfway done with our stack schedule today guys we get we got so yeah. much to cover we're doing, so beyond we're doing that great. that that opens, I mean, Friday, but also kind of tomorrow in a lot of places for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know why that is. It's open here tomorrow. I'm going to see it tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, I think I some countries it. got it today, even. Whatever. But um, they also, Disney, as I was talking about those um, world conquerors, also dropped today a new trailer for Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi, the upcoming Star Wars television series to air on Disney Plus later this month. Shall we take a quick peek? Yep. All right, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. It's May the 4th. Happy May the 4th. Happy May the 4th, everybody. You at home listening. And yeah, obviously we got to do some Star Wars thing. Daniel, did you know that May the 4th is Star Wars Day? Because if you say it in a certain way, it sounds like May the 4th be with you. I realized that about a minute ago, and I'm thinking the first one to get it. Well, I, yeah, I, I can't lie. I don't even have a good quip for it. Yeah, I, time comes. He I must but. <laughs> but yeah, this looks fun. We got you and McGregor back, uh, in, back uh, in the pilot. So we got Joel Edgerton. Can we pause it? Yeah, let's pause it on Joel Edgerton. Joel Edgerton. For the sole reason of saying, man, what a mic drop from this guy. So the line here, if you if you haven't seen this trailer, Ooh, Obi-Wan's yeah, yeah, like, when yeah. Luke's bigger, we got it. He needs to be trained like a Jedi. And uh, Uncle Baruch. Or Uncle Owen's just like, like you trained his father. <laughs> okay, we can unpause. I just needed to point that mic by the way, uh, some great comments from Lord Crackhead 33 over on you. We haven't seen up until now. I'm glad you enjoyed uh, Noi Hum, Lord Crackhead. And uh, well, Julie, I was being sarcastic. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, go, go on. I mean, I like the trailer. I liked it because we got some um, some dark energy. And I liked the actor playing the Inquisitor who was like, you can't run from him, Obi-Wan. I, I felt the intensity in that. I forget her name. But I yeah. will, you know, like six episodes, I'll watch this. This seems like a low demand. They, oh, yeah, that one. Her, I like her. Um, yeah, and of course, Reva they, yeah, is right her there. name. She's like, you can't She's a new character for him. this show. And now, of course, yeah, at the end I here, like, we uh, can pause can we on, pause? you know, pause that face. We obviously got, you know. Yeah. They know what they're doing. They're saving the good stuff. They're not going to show us Hayden Christensen with a bunch of wires in his head or something as Darth Vader just yet. But they are have their. We, 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 we hear the Darth breathing and we see the Darth Vader suit. Um, yeah. So they're it's teasing coming. what we all want to see, and they know we all want to see it, and they have us by the throat. Yes. I feel like this is, you know, it's been on my mind a little bit recently about shows doing shorter seasons and stuff like that. Moon Knight just wrapped up its season, which we're going to talk about a little later. That was six episodes and it kind of felt like it could have been longer. This is one of those things where it's like they're advertising it as a six part event series and and it feels justified like i wouldn't want them to do seasons of this show like yeah this feels like a movie like mini series event that happens to be on disney i agree man i hope they do a good job with it i i just if there's any star wars thing i'm like please don't mess it up 
<laughs> in some way, it's this one. Yeah. And um, it does have my interest peaked. Hit it, Richard. We could wrap this thing up. Yeah. Who doesn't want to see Ewan McGregor and, and Hayden Christensen fighting again? And I do. And again, yeah. I did like the energy. I, I, I felt some intensity. You know, the whole idea of um, a fascist regime trying to spread its out around the galaxy and trying to track Obi-Wan. That's exciting. That's intensity. And yeah, he did yeah. scope with Anakin. Oh, and, Joel, and you're right. Joel Edgerton being like, look, he turned his father. There is. I'm sorry to go back to Doctor Strange too. There is a one of those like Bond mots that Wanda drops, like one of those like kind of badass mic drop lines. Oh, the, it gathered me. It sent me to the moon. It was like, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. okay. And she means it. She Sweet. means it. She follows through on her threats. Oh man, I appreciate. I, 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 wanna, I can't wait. Who's scarier, Wanda it, or Darth Vader? To tune in at the end of this month, and we'll find Wanda, out here. This is a challenge for, for you, Dan, and for out there. When and if you see Doctor Strange 2, I want you to uh, tell me what uh, awesome kind of mic drop line you think I'm talking about from Wanda, and I will confirm if you're right or not. Okay. I, I am always up for these kinds of challenges. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> moving on to the weekly segment. What are we watching? We talk about what are we watching? What am I watching? What are you watching? What are you watching out there in Facebook and YouTube land? Let me check the chat. And um, we can talk about if we're enjoying it, if we're not, and our feelings, thoughts, and prayers. Um, Dan, I know that you and I, yeah. I did manage to watch it. Uh, I, I watched the oh, nice. um, uh, Moon Knight finale. And um, yes. I'll just say it up front, like, didn't really seem to end, end. Like, it, it was very abrupt. It kind of, uh, yeah. like, the bad guy was beat nominally. And then, like, the main characters, who are the reason that I'm watching, like, I'm watching for Oscar Isaacs, like, at all. Like, they, like, their final scene was very, that's it. Like, I, I wanted more resolution. I wanted them to, like, sit down with Layla, or whatever her name is, and, like, have a cup of coffee. Or, like, just, yeah. how is their life going to go now? But instead, it was very kind of quick. And to me, they were the best part yeah. by far. And in this episode, when they Absolutely. were on screen, I liked it. When Steven yelled hippo as um, like just just the word hippo at the big hippo goddess when they were let free. I laughed out loud in delight. Um, I think my favorite moment from the episode. Yeah. They were they're just really, really good. And the rest of the show is really kind of whatever. Yeah. You know, OK, so we're going to obviously be getting into some Moon Knight spoilers here. Yeah, I I kind of. I've really enjoyed this series. I've gone back and forth. I mm-hmm. felt like this episode was kind of like in the middle. It wasn't a hot mess like the like two weeks back, but it wasn't kind of teetering on brilliant. Like the last episode where he's exploring his past, I felt yeah, like that, was like that was the best. That was the, that was the best the show got, I think. I love that Layla, you know, that she got her own outfit and powers in this episode. I thought she was awesome. Her oh, sorry, Christian. acting, her her and Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke just uh, killed every scene they were in. They were so good. But yeah, I kind of, I got a little bit of the CGI Marvel fatigue too when the gods were kind of duking it out. And that's the kind of, like I wanted to be invested, but I've kind of felt my eyes glazing over just a little bit and that's just been happening to me with some of these Marvel things with the very CGI heavy battle yeah, scenes at the end. I feel you. And we'll try to avoid outright spoilers, but like the, the, the main God villain looked a little dorky. Um, I thought just, you know, that uh, they're trying I to do it was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, it's, it's different. It's his opinion. And no, Dr. It's Strange fair, too, it's like fair. The interdimensional weird, but I don't know. This look kind of plasticky to me. I'm not a giant fan. Um, yeah. But I mean, 
it was good. I liked the parts where Oscar Isaac talked to himself. I liked them throughout the show. Yeah. I like them here. And now that we've seen all the outfits, um, if I were going to have a Halloween costume based on the show, it'd be definitely Mr. Knight, right? He's got to be the one. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's definitely fair. That That's the, you know, you show up as Moon Knight. It's like, ooh, okay. You thought that was cool. You show up as Mr. Knight to a Halloween party. It's like, well, clearly you're here to have a good time. Yes. Like that is good for fighting crime and going to a swanky soiree. Like that thing is exactly. versatile. Like yeah. Um, I, yeah. You know, this episode of Moon Knight, I kind of, I felt like it, it felt rushed which I didn't expect. Like, I don't know if you noticed this, but it's the only episode that didn't have an episode title. It just says episode six and every other one has a title and it's the shortest one. (laughs) Yeah. That would have been clever. Night spell but anything okay. though, like yeah, it felt like they kind of rushed the ending, which is too bad because they had a lot of ground to cover and some pretty good setup. But yeah, I felt like it was just okay. Was kind of my feeling about the finale in particular. I mean, it feels like sequel setup. I mean, I know we talked about yes. like this is the one that we're not sure it's ever it's going to get a sequel. Oscar's only signed on for one season of it, but like they must feel pretty confident because that did that just didn't feel like a resolution to me. There's still lots of conflict left, which is. Although I do credit it, now we're the entire yeah. thing, not really a single Marvel mention. Like honestly, like all, like pretty much nothing, which um I one, was impressed by. One tiny one. And I yeah, and I don't, one I tiny one in the whole show. Yeah. It was just a comment on the ancestral plane from Black Panther. It was a one second throwaway line that was super easy to miss. So yeah, kudos Marvel on making a show that was basically a stand like i could recommend this to someone who's not into the mcu you could and this is the first show that it's felt like that's the case for yeah i it definitely feels like they were setting up more i mean it ended on a cliffhanger with with the credit scene a, a good disconcerting cliffhanger that feels right for moon Knight, but also like if they never revisit this character it'd feel kind of weird <laughs> at this yeah, like yeah yeah i don't it just depends on if they can get oscar isaac back that's really it is, is what it seems like ms marvel's up next can there's another one gonna be in like a month and I think we are yep. done. So I will signal a quick person who's okay. Yeah. We are done talking about Moon Knight, Mr. No more yeah. Moon Knight. Uh, okay. Yeah. You know what I did watch this week that had a great finale? I just need to sneak this in here Severance. Oh, so the yeah. finale of Severance on Apple TV was fantastic. It was cool. really, really good. I was like on the edge of my seat, which I didn't expect from that show. So I just need to throw that plug in there. Severance had a really strong ending. It looked really good. Yeah, um, I haven't watched it, but it looked really good. I'm still watching um, Better Call Saul, so the way through that. Julia, mm, nice. can't, can't, can't quit Julia Child and her baking. And you guys are all watching. <laughs> I see that Julia's watching Real Housewives of New Jersey. So brutal. I don't doubt it. And you're also from Gentleman Jack. Julie, how is Gentleman Jack season two? Because I really like season one and, I'm, and I intend to watch that when I get around to it. Is it as good as the first? I would wonder. I was just going to throw this out there. Okay. Before the lightning round, if I did like a separate podcast about RuPaul's Drag Race all winter season, would anyone watch? I'm just contemplating this. Um, just, 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 just thinking about it. Call it drag sided. I don't know. I'm so interested in what's going to happen there. <laughs> I, I would watch, I would watch just to support you, not because I, I care too much about the show, but I would, I would come to represent and watch. Okay. Just going to put it into the universe just a little bit and just see if anything comes back. Um, and finally we move on to our 
Wick News Lightning Round, the segment of the show where we yes. talk through a bunch of news stories and more than usual this week that we didn't have time to get to in the main body of the episode because and to give it our 22nd opinions about what we think. Daniel, are you ready Man. to do all of that? I am that? ready. Okay. Yes. Yes, I am. I I'm a little heartbroken. First. Over what? Yes. Over this first one, because I know I'm going to want to hear more than 20 minutes of your 20 minutes, 20 seconds <laughs> 20 minutes, of your take. 20 minutes, Maybe about 20 minutes we, would be too much. We expanded a bit. Yeah. 20 <laughs> minutes per answer. Try to keep it under that. This, yeah, this, this lightning round, this is, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know the snail's pace. Okay. Dan, 20 uh-huh. minutes. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready for 20 seconds. Let's go for it. Okay. You watched the trailer for Avatar The Way of Water at the movies. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Yeah, before the, the Doctor Strange screening, they showed um, Avatar The Way of Water trailer, and I liked it. It's pretty. It's in 3D. The colors are very, very bright. It seemed well made. Uh, there are some world details I'm sure you'd be interested in. Some kind of blending at the edge of Navi land and human land. It was cool. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I wasn't blown away, but I'm looking forward to it. It looks nice. Cool. Look nice. That. Look at that. Off to okay. a fortuitous start. Oh, so fortuitous. Pretty fortuitous. All right, Daniel. Um, Viola Davis, How to Get Away with Murder star Viola Davis. Oscar nominee, probably Viola Davis. May star, May, in a Suicide Squad Peacemaker spinoff about Amanda Waller. Yeah, I feel like this is surprise it surprised me but it shouldn't um she's the one who pulls all the strings on the suicide squad so like doing something about her makes sense i the challenge is going to be making it interesting enough because she's always she's a side character behind the scenes so doing a whole show about her i think they're gonna have to make it you're gonna have to make it good gotta make it good that's a requirement for the trade show that's that's right trademark um Mm -hmm. so dan jeffrey dean morgan and AMC, the channel, chastise yeah. Walking Dead fans for being mean to Norman Reedus. Uh, it's one of those here? wild things. So Norman, so Melissa McBride, who plays Carol, dropped that of the Daryl Carroll spinoff. And people, I guess, assumed it was uh, Norman Reedus' fault. And they all pile at him on Twitter. And he now say, like, how could you do this? You're ruining Walking Dead, et cetera, and so forth. Some narrative, narrative. And then Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who plays Megan, and the official AMC channel were like, people, chill. <laughs> she wanted to not do it. Stop piling on this band. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, that that was a people just assumed they were just like it must be your fault. It was like, like your there was nothing like, there. Disciplining a naughty child, but okay, we got to go on. Um, <laughs> okay, oh, okay, this one was a like a fairly. Oh, okay, here we go. Um, uh, Daniel, the Hunger Games, that series about kids who kill each other. Uh, there's a prequel yes. Hunger Games movie coming based on the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. What do you think? Um, I'm exhausted. I I felt like they <laughs> they split the the third and fourth. They made two movies when they should have made one for the third book. I'm skeptical of this that it's kind of a money grab. They announced they were making the movie actually before the book was out. They bought the rights hmm. to it. Oh, I remember. It's got that, a yeah. lot of ground to prove. I, I think that it's worth watching. You can do it, Hunger Games. Yeah, it's about President Snow, but not <laughs> Donald Sutherland. Okay, Dan, uh, this was this was a bombshell that that rocked the fan sided offices this week. So the CW cancels Batwoman and Legends of Tomorrow quite unceremoniously. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, these are two sort of um, 
fairly big CW superhero Arrowverse shows, and they're trimming the fat, I guess, over the because CW is going to be sold through the network, and I guess they're like kind of getting their programming block all lean for the sexy for the new um, buyer. I mean, I don't really watch them myself, like- but um, it's a big move. It's a big yes. move. Okay. It, it was um, a big move. Daniel, this one is for you because I know that you you have to sell all of us on on this because we're not going to know what it is. Uh, Daniel, the That's fine. fantasy I'm ready book. For it. Let's do it. The fantasy book, The Warded Man, is getting adapted for TV. What that? Yeah, it's a great fantasy book. The first in a five book series uh, by Peter V. Brett about uh, this fantasy world where demons come up out of the ground at night and people shield themselves with magical wards around their towns and cities. If they don't have them, they get eviscerated. It's a really great, spooky, dark fantasy story. It makes total sense to get adapted. Um, Just needs a good studio. Sweet. Cross fingers for it. Okay, Dan. George R.R. Martin, author of A Song of Ice and Fire and general internet troll, troll and fans, he has seen more of House of the Dragon. And he says The Winds of Winter may be his longest book yet when it I comes just, out. Just How do you feel? The irony of, of this is that like The Winds of Winter might be my longest book yet. You've been working on it for like 12, 11 years. How could it possibly not be? It better be the longest book yet. That's how it's going to justify all this time. Um, so that was funny. Uh, he's seen more of the show. He looks like it was good. That's cool. At least that's going to come out. <laughs> boo, says Julie, as boo all around. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Any, anytime George R. R. Martin drops Winds of Winter hints, that is inevitably the response that crops up. And it, you can't even begrudge it at this point. My eyes just want to start rolling. rolling, rolling. Okay, uh, Daniel. So yeah. apparently you were a fan of the show. Uh, yes. Netflix, uh, in, in, in canceling news, Netflix yeah. canceled the... Um, Oh God, I forgot his name. Um, b- 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 the the Michael Scott. Uh, the the what's Steve his Carell. name? Steve Carell. Thank you, Steve Carell. Jesus. Yes. Uh, Netflix canceled the Steve Carell comedy Space Force. Yeah, uh, Space Force. It was a decent show. Yeah, after two seasons, it was a decent show. It had yeah, funny it moments and heartfelt cool. moments. It was okay. Um, but I kind of hate that Netflix canceled it because it just is sticking with their theme of not supporting their shows very much and pulling the plug on them kind of willy nilly. Um, should have should have given it a third season and closed it well. Yeah. Oh well. Um, okay. Oh well. <laughs> okay, Dan. So the Met Gala happened. That was a thing. Um, S- Sophie Turner was there, and she and was so wearing was this dress. Williams. Sophie Turner shows off baby bump at Met Gala alongside arm candy husband, Joe Jonas. I mean, that's basically it. Just She's in like a cool little black number has points to her pregnancy. Um, She kind of, her her makeup is a little different to me. She doesn't look like the Sophie Turner I I usually recognize, but um, looks good. Looks cool. The theme is like American whatever. Okay. Um, Okay. You know what, Daniel? Uh, you know, was at the Met Gala. Maisie Williams was also there. Here's what she was wearing. Give us yes. your fashion thoughts. Yes, I have very few fashion thoughts. Uh, I mean, she looks I like great. This one. I don't know. Did they did they knock out the theme? I couldn't it was tell like you. American they fashion awesome. of their years. Um, like, I don't know what this, this fits. I like this one. I think this one looks cool. I like kind of the shape of it. Yeah. I like how it gathers at the bottom. I like how it's nice symmetrical like that. I think she is the better dressed dark sister yeah. at the Met Gala. Although they both looked fantastic. That's fair. That's fair. 
Um, and so, yeah, you know, that's our Met Gala segment. Yes, that is our fashion segment. That's a preview of what you'll get if I do drag set. It'll be like, I think it's good. <laughs> you know what? That one, it's kind of yes. like, kind of like, I don't like it. Moving on. Next look. I'm a fashion expert. I thought Maisel was cool yes. too, Julie. I, I, I like the black and white. I like kind of how it bunched. It was fun. But um, you know what? And that's our episode. We covered a lot of ground, Daniel. Yeah. We talked about Outlander, especially Urban Ravad. We talked about Doctor Strange 2 and Multiverse of Madness. It's good. Yep. It's bad. It's really fun. Um, and as I think someone you said, didn't spoil a good villain. I didn't spoil it. I did a great job. Good me. Talking you, about, you did uh, a great job. Kenobi, talking about Moon Knight. And finally, did some uh, fashion photo review stuff. Um, and if you want more of this uh, wonderfully informative and insightful entertaining chatter, we stream New Episodes of Take the Black live every Wednesday at uh, 4 p.m. Central Standard Time on the Winter is Coming YouTube and Facebook page. And as Christian says, yeah, I would definitely drink for um, the Drag Race show oh, yeah. if, if it happens. I'm not really sure. And that's our show, everybody. And I just want you to remember before we go, if as famed science fiction author Philip K. Dick believed, time is an illusion, that means you can never be late to anything. So the next time... Your cousin accuses you of showing up three days late to her wedding. Just tell her, not according to Philip K. Dick, goodbye. Take care, y'all. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.